Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go to my AEW Dynamite review. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is John Moxley defending his IWGP United States Championship against Yuji Nagata. Starting off the match, Nagata and Moxley both exchange in the middle of the ring. Moxley's, though, keeping the pace of the match. Nagata then lands devastating kicks on Moxley. Nagata then hits an avalanche exploder off the top rope on John Moxley. Nagata then hits a step-up enziguri on John Moxley as well. But Moxley gets up, ends up hitting his paradigm shift on Nagata, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match and still IWGP United States champion is John Moxley. Um, after the match, though, um, both Moxley and Nagata both pay respect to one another. Number one, man, my thing about this match it was a good match. It really was. And I'm all for New Japan talent coming over to AEW and putting on great matches for the fans, man. I mean, the first New Japan talent that came over was Kenta. And Kenta's a hell of a talent. Obviously, he was having a match with John Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship. Now you have Yuji Nagata coming over and challenging Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship as well. So it's just fantastic to see, you know, AEW working with New Japan, working with Impact Wrestling, because it just makes for better matches, and it's giving the fans dream matches, if not scenarios, that you might not see in other companies. Other than that, this was a great opening match. Fantastic opening match, man. Yuji Nagata, dude's an absolute legend. They even stated that this was the first time he was on TNT in like 20-some-odd years. Uh, the last time that he was on TNT, obviously, he was in WCW. He had um, great matches with Ultimo Dragon. Um, so it was great to see, you know, him back on TNT. He, I think, I think it was Excalibur that even said that, you know, Eugene Nagata wants to wrestle until he's seventy something years old. Man, that's absolutely insane. And uh, I feel like this guy hasn't even lost a step in his pro wrestling career. So, again, hats off to John Moxley for getting the win in this match and retaining the IWGP United States Championship. Moving on from that, we have a Cody Rhodes announcement, <coughs> uh, announcing what was going on. I'm assuming with Double or Nothing, and it's exactly what we got. Uh, number one, he cuts a hell of a promo. Um, he obviously talks about his wife, Brandy Rhodes, uh, and the family that they're going to have. You know, he's expecting a baby girl soon. Um, he's going to be a father, so that's absolutely fantastic. But I was right about the match that was going to happen at Double or Nothing. It is going to be Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo at Double or Nothing. One interesting fact that Cody did say about this in this uh, segment that he had was that, you know, everybody knows him as the American Nightmare. Well, for this match, one night only, he will be known as the American Dream. Obviously, a little back and forth because Anthony Agogo is obviously representing England. Cody Rhodes, you know, representing USA. So, it's going to be a good match. I'm not going to seriously say it's not going to be a great match. I don't think it's going to be a great match. I think it's going to be a decent match between Rhodes and Agogo. Uh, and you guys know how I feel about Anthony Agogo. And this is, for me personally... This match that he's going to have with Cody, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it in the aspect that I want to see if this guy can actually wrestle. Not just the lame body punch that he's been doing. I want to see if this guy can wrestle because obviously Tony Khan and Cody are investing a lot of time and effort into this guy. So they believe in, believe something in him for him to be on Dynamite. So I definitely want to see what he can do in a wrestling capacity rather than just a body punch. So that was the announcement. It's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. At double or nothing. After that, we move on to our next match on the card as well. It is the Young Bucks defending their AEW Tag Team Championships against SCU. 
Uh, a couple of things I took away from this match was uh, Frankie Gazarian. Uh, Gazarian ends up uh, hitting a Styles Clash on Matt Jackson, which I thought was absolutely hilarious because it was kind of a knockoff, if you will, to AJ Styles, which is kind of funny. Uh, Matt then hits a super kick on uh, Christopher Daniels, and before he hits the super kick, he kind of mocks Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair's retirement match at WrestleMania years and years ago. Uh, told him that he loved him, and the next thing you know, he hits a super kick. Um, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Obviously, they're taking a jab at WWE on that. Um, Matt Jackson then sprays Daniels with some kind of spray. Um, ends up, you know, pretty much. And Daniels took one, you know, he 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 got beat up pretty bad in this match. I think it was Nick Jackson ended up hitting a super kick on Christopher Daniels when he was uh, his head was right by the ring post and just busted his like eye wide open. Uh, he was a bloody mess. But um, after Matt sprays Daniels with the uh, spray, ends up pinning. Christopher Daniels for the three, and your winners of the match are the Young Bucks. They still retain they retain their AEW Tag Team Championships. And because the Young Bucks won, SCU, meaning Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, are no longer a tag team. Um, number one, this was not a bad match. It was a decent match. It was a good match. Um, did I see SCU going over in this match? No way. There's no way. I, I, S, Young Bucks are going to hold that championship for a while. Um, maybe up to double or nothing, possibly. I mean, the rumor right now is that the Young Bucks, or at least Matt Jackson, called out John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for a match of double or nothing. I can totally see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston beating the Young Bucks and becoming the new AEW Tag Team Champions. And I, I love the partnership that's going on between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I, mean, I think it's a hell of a ta- like a hell of a team. Obviously, they're good friends. Um, and right now, they're in one of the biggest storylines going on in Dynamite right now with the whole Elite and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and the Good Brothers and John Moxley. Eddie Kingston plays a vital part in that right now. And I think if they were to become tag team champions, I mean, this is a storyline that's going to be going on for quite a while because, you know, I know damn well Moxley wants another match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Kenny Omega. I feel like the ball is running fast to get that happening again. So I'm all for it. But, um, again, hats off to the Young Bucks for getting the win in this match and retaining their AEW Tag Team Championships. Moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Orange Cassidy versus Pac for the number one contender for Omega's AEW Heavyweight Championship. Um, again, this was a good match. A couple of things I took away from this match was Pac, man. Pac hits that. He hit a devastating Liger bomb on Orange Cassidy, man. It was just absolutely brutal. I mean, I, I thought he knocked Orange Cassidy right out after that. Uh, Omega then gets involved in the match. Don, Don Callis kind of calls a distraction. Omega then attacks Pac with the referee distracted. Omega then leaves the ring. Match ends in a double countout. And then Don Callis and Kenny Omega are pretty much saying, well, it's a double countout. Both these guys lost. Looks like I don't have an opponent for double or nothing. And that's not the case. Tony Schiavone comes down to the ring, tells Don Callis and Omega that the match will now be a triple threat match at double or nothing. It will be Kenny Omega defending his AEW Heavyweight Championship against Orange Cassidy and Pac at double or nothing. I'm all for it, man. You know, to be honest with you, the person I wanted to win this match was Orange Cassidy because I did not want to see Omega versus Pac again. Now, do I think it's better a little bit with a triple threat match? Yes, I do, because obviously anybody can win the match, okay? Anybody. Pac could win it. Pac could pin Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy could pin Pac, vice versa. Uh, a triple threat match and the caliber of athletes and competitors and, and wrestlers that these guys are, they're going to give you one hell of a match, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, only thing I wish it was, I wish it was a clean finish, but in hindsight, I'm glad that we're able to get a triple threat with Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy. So very much looking forward to that. 
After that, we have a Dark Order Adam Page interview. Pretty much in that interview, Adam Page looks like he wants a rematch with Brian Cage, and he wants Brian Cage to be out in the ring alone. No help from Team Taz. Don't have Taz out to the ring. Just Page versus Cage. One more time. And it looks like we are going to get that match. I believe it's going to happen relatively soon. I believe it might. I think it's highlighted, honestly, for double or nothing. So, again, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm a big Adam Page fan. I think he's a great wrestler. And uh looks like there's definitely some unfinished business between Adam Page and Brian Cage. Moving on from that, we go into the pinnacle segment, if you will. Uh, pretty much them talking about the match they had at Blood and Guts. Uh, MJF talks about them winning in the ratings. Tully Blanchard then gives all the members of pinnacle watches. Says they are the top team in professional wrestling right now. After he says that, all of a sudden a car horn goes off. Uh, everybody's looking around. Next thing you know, they look into the crowd and down the ramp um, on the side of the, uh, you know, usually the ramp that, you know, John Moxley would have taken or uh, what FTR used to do. Uh, Pinnacle's looking over there. And then the next thing you know, they see a golf cart with Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara driving down this ramp, uh, coming down to the ring. Uh, MJF's pretty much mocking, you know, Santana. Obviously, he's being, uh, he's out. He's not there. He wasn't there last night with, supposedly, he's sick. <clears throat> he's not feeling well. Uh, they didn't know where Jericho was. Next thing you know, Jericho pops out of nowhere. Uh, Jericho said he wants his rematch with Pinnacle. MJF kept saying no, no, no. And next thing you know, Guevara sprays Pinnacle with beer or champagne all over the ring. Sprays Pinnacle all over the place. Uh, after that, MJF got, obviously, a little mad. And they gave him the match. It is going to be a rematch between Inner Circle and Pinnacle at double or nothing in a stadium stampede match. Um, but the stipulation is if Inner Circle loses, they will be no more as a stable. Number one, man, I'm all for this. The match, See, this is the thing. The match they had at Blood and Guts leading up to at least the last five minutes was awesome. Absolutely awesome, man. There wasn't a person in that match that was not busted wide open. Number one. Number two, yeah, the last five minutes of the match was awful. The finish was bad. And that's what the one thing I would take away from the stadium stampede match is that I'm hoping with this second opportunity with this rematch is that they don't mess up the finish. This is a perfect opportunity to rewrite a wrong for them and give us a great finish. Whether it's pinnacle winning or whether it's inner circle winning, it needs to be a good finish. Not a botch finish, not something that was beat around the bush. A clean finish. And as, as fans... That's what we're hoping for. Because at Blood and Guts, that finish was horrible. Just like the match between Omega and John Moxley in the barbed wire death match. Horrendous. That ending of that barbed wire match will go down in infamy as one of the worst endings of a match of all time. Um, so I'm all for a stadium stampede match, and I'm all for a rematch between Inner Circle and Pinnacle. It just has to be a good ending. Because I don't know how they're going to bounce back from another bad ending and a top match like that, that they already are in motions to book this match for double or nothing. So they have a little bit of time to figure out the ending of this match and everything else like that and what they want to do moving forward. And they have enough time to build this story, even though it's already pre-built, to build up the storyline. You have Santana come back from being sick, so on and so forth. Jericho's ready. I'm all for it. I just don't want them to mess up the finish. That's all, that's all I can say. Don't mess up the finish. Moving on from that, we have a Jim Ross interview. He's interviewing Britt Baker. Uh, Baker's talking about the last match that she had with Sheeta. She even mentions the match that she had with Thunder Rosa and how, you know, pretty much she went through hell in that match and to become a top woman for this division. Now, credit, there's not really a whole lot of women in this division to be top-level people right now. In my honest opinion, in my opinion, I feel like AEW's women's division is lacking depth 
and lacking superstars in that women's division. That's one thing that's hindering AEW for sure right now um, is, the, is the fact that they don't really have a women's division. Bigger, and the, Baker goes on and talks about, you know, like I said, Sheeta, Thunder Rosa, and that, you know, she's a top woman in this division. She also talks about a match that she's going to have with Sheeta at double or nothing and that she's going to go for the win and that, you know, to prove that she is the top dog in the women's division. So it's pretty much her just highlighting what she wants to do and her match that she's going to have against Sheeta. So, again, decent interview with Jim Ross and Britt Baker. Moving on from that, we go into our next match. It is Thunder Rosa pretty much up against a jobber. This was a relatively quick match. Rosa ends up hitting the finish. Pins for the three, and your winner of the match is Thunder Rosa. You know, again, it was a relatively fast match, man. What more can I say? Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of the evening. It is Darby Allen defending his AEW TNT Championship against Miro. Uh, starting on the match, Miro's keeping the pace of the match. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky end up coming, coming to the ring ringside and attacking Sting. Uh, Miro ends up hitting the finish on Darby Allen. Pins it, well, hitting the accolade, I should say. Uh, Miro pretty much wins the match. He becomes the new TNT champion. Um, after the match, though, Lance Archer is here. Archer pretty much looks like he wants a match against Miro for the TNT championship. A couple things I will say about this match. Number one, I was kind of disappointed in, in a little bit of a way because, number one, Miro, I feel like Miro hasn't done anything to get himself that opportunity for that title. In my opinion, I could be wrong on that. I just feel like he hasn't really done enough to put himself in that slot to go up against Darby Allen. Number two, in a way, it's not bad that he won the championship. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it's kind of funny and ironic. And I told you guys, I told you guys this before. Once he moved on from Kip Sabian, he was going to get pushed. He wasn't doing nothing. And Kip Sabian was not helping him at all uh, as far as pushing Miro's career in AEW. It was going nowhere and it was going nowhere fast. My honest opinion about Kip Sabian, he's better off being on Elevation or AEW Dark right now. He does not deserve to be on the main card right now. I don't feel like he's that good of a wrestler, man. And I'm not trying to bash a wrestler. Um, he's obviously there for a, re a reason. He has talent. But right now, there is literally nothing for him whatsoever on Dynamite right now. Nothing. Nothing. You know, and I honestly, I can tell you right now, I don't think a whole lot of people care what he's doing with AEW right now as far as Kip Sabian. There's just nothing he's doing right now that's exciting anybody. Uh, once Miro moved away from Kip Sabian, here he has an opportunity against Darby Allen for the TNT Championship and wins it clean. So I think Darby, I, you know, after the match, I was told that after the cameras went off, Darby Allen gave a heartfelt speech about him and the TNT Championship and how much it meant to him. And some people asked, what about the AEW World Heavyweight Championship? And he says, I don't really give a damn about that championship. I want the TNT Championship. You know, that TNT Championship means everything to Darby Allen. And I'm pretty sure we'll see Darby Allen wear that belt again soon. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's crazy, man, because – and that's one thing I will give AEW. They made that TNT Championship so synonymous with that company that, you know, it, it's like you almost don't even think sometimes about the AEW World Heavyweight Championship at times. You just don't. You know, and in that TNT Championship, Darby Allen's been defending that championship for, what, the past three, four weeks? Past three and a half weeks, something like that? He's making that title relatively known. He was doing one hell of a job defending that championship, you know, and I'm hoping Miro does the same thing. They do the open challenge stuff, and they defend that belt every single week, and it just gives that, that title more notoriety and more meaningful to that championship, you know, and that's one of the, if not their biggest championship they have right now. I know somebody even mentioned, well, what if AEW has a cruiserweight championship? I'm not against it either. 
it will give other talent an opportunity to be on TV and to showcase their skills. You know, I, and for me, you know, Ricky Starks can be a champion. I think his, his ceiling in AEW is very high. Lee Johnson from the Nightmare family, I think he has a very high ceiling as well. There's a lot of potential in that guy to be a world champion. Scorpio Sky, you know, again, I, I feel like him trying to be a heel is a little too much. I think he's trying too hard with it. But again, he is completely built to be a world champion. There's no doubt about it. Cruiserweight champion, yeah, you could put Kip Sabian in that. You could put Joey Janela in that picture as a cruiserweight champion. There's no doubt about it. It would give other talent an opportunity to have the spotlight to be on TNT and on Dynamite to showcase their skills. You know, I believe, hell, I believe next week you have the Young Bucks defending their AEW Tag Team Championship against Varsity Blondes with Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. I'm all for it. Brian Pillman Jr. is another one. He could be cruiserweight champion, TNT champion. Even if he wanted to go on a singles run and do his own thing. You know, hell, even this tag team name, the Varsity Blondes, his father was in a tag team with Steve Austin in WCW known as the Hollywood Blondes. And one hell of a tag team at that. They were not bad at all. Not bad at all. I mean, everybody knows who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. There are some people out there that don't even know who Brian Pillman is. Brian Pillman was a fantastic wrestler. You know, the loose cannon. Man, the guy was awesome. High flyer. Gave us great matches. I remember the match he had with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger in WCW. Fantastic match. Fantastic match. So if they want to put a Cruiserweight Championship in for AEW, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. I think Double or Nothing is going to be a fantastic event. Um, I am worried about the stadium stampede as far as it being a botched finish. I hope it's not. Uh, Other things I will get into besides AEW Dynamite, there has been a little bit of news and rumors going on around the wrestling world. One of the biggest ones I got from today, uh, Selena Vega. Supposedly, you guys all know, Selena Vega married to Aleister Black, and then she was in WWE for quite a while. Then she was released, um, and she's kind of been off the scene for quite a while. The rumor going around today, and supposedly it's true, that Selena Vega is now back at the Performance Center. She looks like she's going to make her way back to WWE. Now, it's kind of funny because Aleister Black kind of just came back too, and he's been doing these vignettes for SmackDown and stuff and all that. Looks like he's got to make his little in-ring return, and now we hear that Selena Vega is on her way back. So that's a little side news from that. Um, Tessa Blanchard and Daga. Again, a lot of things are pointing for them to be joining uh, AEW. Now, I don't know if they're going to show up a double or nothing. I have no idea. Daniel Bryan is another one. A lot of people are saying Daniel Bryan might show up. Technically, he could show up on Dynamite whenever he wants right now. I don't, he's not under contract. I don't think he signed anything right now with WWE. Um to a point where I believe Walter had an interview with Corey Graves on his podcast. And Walter was talking about Daniel Bryan. And I, I believe he wanted a match with Daniel Bryan. And that clip of him saying that, that was cut out from WWE. You know, so I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's going back to WWE. I have no idea. Do I think Daniel Bryan's going back to WWE? I think I, I have a good inkling that he is. You know, he obviously met his wife in WWE. I can't really see him leaving. I think that the main thing with Daniel Bryan is he doesn't want to work as many days as he has in his last contract into his new contract. He obviously wants to spend more time with his wife, with his family. And I can't blame the guy. You know, he's been around, the, you know, in WWE for quite a while. And he's gone through hell and back. He wants a little bit of a lesser schedule, a schedule like Randy Orton has or, you know, John Cena's schedule maybe. Once in a blue moon he shows up or whatever, you know. I'm all for it. You know, whether he stays in WWE or goes to AEW, 
There's also some people we were talking about them having a tag team battle royal for double or nothing, and that AOP might show up. That's the crazy world of wrestling that we live in, folks, and you just never know. You never know. But the rumor with Selena Vega, it looks to be true. It looks like she's at the Performance Center. She's been there for quite a while, I believe. I think she's been there since after WrestleMania. So it does look like she's making her way back to WWE, back on the main roster, possibly Raw, or if not SmackDown. So looking forward to that and looking forward to what, how they're going to you know, bring her back into the fold as far as her being on the main roster. So this is my AEW Dynamite review. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.